This is The Bittersweet Life, a show for expats, former expats, travel lovers, and people who dream about moving far away someday. I'm Katie Sewell, a recent repatriate to Seattle in the United States after a year in Rome. My co-host is Tiffany Parks, an expat who spent the last 10 years in Rome. If you're new to the show, I encourage you to join us for the whole journey by beginning with episode one. If you're really interested in today's theme, however, back up to the beginning afterwards. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And we are here in Rome... And because we're both here in Rome, we're doing a little missing out. And that's going to be the theme of our podcast today. When you live abroad or travel extensively abroad, sometimes you miss fairly important events or the company of others. So we thought we'd talk about it. Partly because Tiffany now has a baby who's, you know, laying here with us, who may uh, speak up later on. And she's got family in the United States who are not going to be around as much as she might like at this point. So they're missing out, and she's missing their company. And also, my 20th high school reunion was last weekend, and I missed it. That's nuts. I can't even, I can't, my mind can't even uh, comprehend 20th high school reunion. I know, and yet it's probably yours too, right? Yeah, mine, mine already happened. Mine was in the, in the spring. I missed it too. I missed the 10th one too, by the way. Yeah, you've missed them all. Yeah. Do you feel like you missed out because of that? Not really. Do you? Yes, I do, actually. I mean, obviously, I made the conscious decision to miss it. I mean, I could have made it back for it. I'd already been gone for a number of weeks. So I still would have had a long, healthy vacation. But if I went back for it, then I... Oh, hello, Aurelio. It was either the choice of go back for it or have nine more days in Italy. Yeah. For me, that's not... I mean, there's no, uh, there's no contest. But that's me. I did not maybe have the kind of relationship with my high school friends that you did. I had maybe two or three really good girlfriends in high school, and that was it. My close friends were, were you guys, were the theater group that we belonged to. Right. And Tiffany, by the way, if you don't remember, did not go to my high school. So we are in two different high schools. Yeah, we only went to sixth grade at the same school, which is when we met. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting. I was more disturbed by it than I thought I would be. I thought it would be you know who cares maybe I'll plan something fun to do that night so I don't feel like I'm the only one not at the party <laughs> you know what I mean like I'll plan something fun to do here in Rome but it, it bothered me for a number of days afterwards that I wasn't there so I did some writing and thinking about why that was and I think that part of it is that at least for me we had a relatively I wouldn't say tight-knit class there were cliques and things but we kind of came together a little bit at the end not like everybody was friends, but everybody was interested in each other to a certain degree. Now, how many people roughly did you have in your graduating class? I think 500 something. Oh my gosh, my school, had, we had 60. I went, to a, I went to a private school, so that was, yeah, totally different thing. Well, I mean, I still have that problem where I'll hear about somebody and I'll think, who is that now? You know, and I'll even look at pictures of them and say, I, I don't remember this person at all. But other people, it's not like we've kept in touch, but... I'm going to try to like explain to you what it is. I went to the 10-year reunion. Maybe that's an important step. 
you go to the 10 year reunion, all of a sudden, nothing is at stake anymore, but you're still all young people. You're 28 years old. So we just all started sharing secrets that we had in high school where we would sit with somebody and there was a guy named Aaron there. And I said to Aaron, oh, I had a huge crush on you in high school. And he said, well, why didn't you ever say anything about it? And I said, well, Aaron, I walked you home from school every single day for a year. I mean, like, did I actually have to spell it out for you? And he's like, oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> you know, and you're just telling all these things because nothing, it doesn't matter anymore. You don't worry about what they think anymore. In some ways, it was rebuilt the relationship in a different way. And then to not be at the 20 to see whatever the next stage of that was going to be. What would, how would it be different now that we're people who most of them have families? Now we're a little bit more into our careers, maybe. It's like missing, the way I wrote about it was that it's like reading 200 pages of a book and then you're missing a critical part that's going to fill in the piece for what comes in later. I mean, all this is to say, I feel like those people, like the high school people, are the people who have seen you all along the way, whether or not you're good friends or whether or not you even like each other. They're like the people that you, when you were in formative years, were comparing yourself to. And they're the people who are aging at exactly the same rate as you. They were born in the same year. Their life stages are hypothetically around where you're supposed to be. And so you're in contrast to them or in similarity to them. And so for me, it's sort of like a mirror back on what it is I'm doing in my own life at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. I wonder how Facebook changes high school reunions. Because it used to be you'd show up at your 10-year reunion. That was kind of when you had to like prove to your former schoolmates how much you've accomplished and how great your life is, how cool, you know, how, how gorgeous your spouse is, how, what, what kind of house you have, what kind of job you have. And now everybody already knows that stuff about you. Or at least they know the version that you've invented. I wonder how it changes the... Uh, dynamic? The dynamic, thank you. <laughs> the I'd like to see you struggle for a little while with your English. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Uh, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't think of the word for uh, pocket earlier. So yes, <laughs> I'm not getting a lot of sleep these days. So I wonder how it changes the dynamic of, of high school reunions. Yeah, I, I, that would be interesting to know. I mean, I also wonder about high school reunions. Another reason why I find them absolutely fascinating is that it stands to reason that over time, just like it happened at the 10-year reunion, where all of a sudden you could tell these stories because there was nothing at stake, over time, you needing to prove something to these people has got to start falling away, right? Like, I feel like if, if it's done right at a high school reunion by year, the 50th reunion you could be like the most real people with each other ever. You will have seen the person's entire evolution in weird 10-year chunks. So I guess it's not their entire evolution, but you get like the big update, the milestone. So, here's just a funny tidbit. My mother went to her 50th school reunion. She showed me the photographs. I'm honestly not biased. This is the truth. It looked like she was the daughter visiting the, the elderly home. Because she looked so much younger than everyone else there. She looked a good 20 years younger than everybody there. I thought, oh my gosh, it looks like, yeah, like you've gone to visit your parents at the retirement home. She must have felt good about that, right? Yeah. I mean, my mom just happens to look incredibly young. I don't know her secret. Actually, I do know her secret, but uh, I'm not going to tell you guys. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Now we all want to know. The secrets are, we'll have good genes, which always you can't control. Don't smoke. Don't drink to excess. Sleep a lot. And drink a lot of water. And don't go in the sun. Okay. 
totally off topic. But back to missing out. What are some of the things that you felt like you missed out the most on when you were in Rome for a year? Nothing as big as what the high school reunion felt like. But really? I, really? I can't believe that that was such a big thing for you. I didn't think it would be. That's mine like. just came and went. Like I didn't even. It wasn't until a friend told me, "Oh, guess what? We just had our, our 20th anniversary uh, reunion this this weekend." I was like, "Whoa! How come I didn't hear about that?" <laughs> I feel like somebody should have reached out to me. Well, I didn't even think about it. I didn't even make the connection that it was 20 years ago. But anyway, well, that was the one event that. Well, and I shouldn't say this either. The one event where it felt like just because I'm so interested in like the evolution of people's lives. It was the one event I felt like I will never get that back. That's the one thing that is only going to happen. And now I got to wait 10 more years to figure out whatever the rest (laughs) of the story is, but, or the next stage of the story. And I think also made a little bit more important that it's weird because three of my classmates have already died. So you always feel like maybe, um, maybe the next one will be more people. I did miss some things while I was in Rome. I think I told you, that I had a friend who, when uh, I was leaving, she said, well, you're not going to be gone that long. Nothing's going to change while you're gone. And, and I said, well, what are you talking about? You could have a baby and be married by the time I get back. Even was. though I was going to be gone for a year. Yeah, and she was. By the time I got back, she had gotten married and had a child. <laughs> That's nuts. I know. So Very prophetic. <laughs> I know. It was very strange. It was one of the only times I was dead on the money in my life. So I missed a couple weddings. I missed uh, some babies being born, but... I didn't miss any family reunions or anything major like that. Oh, I've missed so much. So much. Most recently, I missed my niece's wedding. I mean, I have a lot of nieces and nephews as being one of six kids and also lots of brothers and sisters. But this was one of the nieces that I was closest to. And uh, she got married at the end of August. So that was really hard for me to miss. And many other weddings of nieces and nephews i'm pretty sure all of my sisters were married by the time i left what's the number one thing you think you've missed out on in 10 years probably spending time with my littlest niece and nephew who are my only full-blooded sisters kids they're still young i think they're six and eight they came to rome for my wedding they were in my wedding they were two and four at the time that was great they know me especially the older one the boy he knows me but we don't have a close relationship because we've spent so little time together. That really makes me sad. And now that I have my own baby, I feel sad that my sisters won't be in his life as much as I would like for them to be. And, you know, my oldest sisters, they had their kids when I was really young, when I was still a kid, really. And I was so close to their kids. And I was so proud to be an aunt, just doted on all my nieces and nephews. And they were such a big part of my life. And it's sad to me that it won't be the same. They won't be in my kid's life. I have my husband's sisters who are great and who adore Aurelio, but it's not the same. Either way, let's say you moved home because you really wanted to change that. You decided, I really need these people in Aurelio's life. Then the opposite effect happens where Claudio's family is no, no longer in his life as much. Oh, I know. And it would be much, much harder for them. Because in the States, we are so spread out. Everyone, you know, most families have at least an aunt or an uncle that live in a different state, if not all of their siblings in a different state. My siblings, every single one of my five sisters lives in a different state. And my mom lives in yet another state. And so we're so used to it. So even if I moved back to the States, I wouldn't see them probably that much more. Here, it's different. 
everyone who listens knows that I stayed with my in-laws for quite some time during my late pregnancy and early, um, early motherhood. And when it was finally time to leave about a week and a half ago, packed up everything. We were finally ready to go home. I was finally sort of recovered enough to take care of myself and a baby had mooched off my mother-in-law long enough. And as we were getting ready to go, my father-in-law just, he looked absolutely crushed. He looked like we were moving to Timbuktu and we were never coming back. And he couldn't even stay. He's like, I'm going out to the gym. Like he couldn't even be around. He just looked heartbroken. As much as that is flattering and, and nice that he cares so much, it kind of annoyed me actually because my mother stayed for the first month of my baby's life. And when she left, that was real sad. I mean, she really isn't going to see him until he's maybe nine months old. And I just felt like, gosh, think about my mom. She never gets, she's not going to see him for a, such a long time. And you're going to see him at least once a week, at least, if not more. So come on. <laughs> but if we were to leave, I think it would, it would absolutely crush them. And I do have to say that Aurelio is their first grandchild. So that does make a difference. On my side, he's like the 20th or something. <laughs> so but not for your mother. No, he's the third for my mom. But still, it would be hard for them. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You got to live your life. You can't not follow your dreams or your your wishes because, you know, of who you might leave behind. I know it's it's hard to say, but that's kind of part of being an expat, actually. And a lot of people, it's too much for them. They really are so connected to their families that they can't do it. I guess that wasn't the case for me. That maybe sound, makes me sound hard-hearted. Maybe this is a, a question you can't answer, but would you say that expats on the whole are people who are not, uh, don't need that sort of one-on-one -on -one direct contact with their families? Something in personality type? Perhaps, or per it could be, and I don't think this is not the case with myself, but it could be that they have not so great family units. I know a lot of expats who have either their parents are no longer living or they're estranged from their family or they just didn't have a happy childhood or for whatever reason, they're not that close. It could be circumstance or it could be personality. It could be either. But it's not necessarily. No. I mean, I have a good relationship with my family. So. I do too. I do too. And I really love my family. I think for me, it must be just my desire to live here over road my desire to be near my family. And I think also because they're so spread out, even if I lived in the States, I wouldn't, I, you know, maybe I would see one of them more, mm -hmm. not all of them. Would you say that when you moved here, did you see things from your mother's perspective? The fact that her baby was moving overseas and was far away. Do you, did you ever like think about it from her point of view or was she always one of those people that was go live your dreams, whatever. She was, especially at the beginning. She knew I really wanted to do this, and she was very, very encouraging, and so was my dad. However, as the years went by, and sometimes I encountered challenges, especially the first year or two, I had big challenges that we've talked about. She was always so quick to say, why don't you just move back? So often she would say, just move back, move back. And I know that that was partially selfish in a good way. She wanted to spend more time with me and see me more often. But honestly, I think of it much more now. When she left, I cried. And I never really cry. And it's not because I don't miss her and I'm not sad to leave her or to see her leave. But I cried because I knew how hard it was for her to leave her new grandson. Obviously, she was going to miss me. But I could tell that she really was going to miss him. This brand new baby that she knew she was going to miss the majority of his first year. That really got to me. And I, and I really empathized with her. 
well, maybe she should move here. I keep telling her that. <laughs> I keep saying, you don't have to move the whole year. Just maybe six months out of the year, maybe three months, get like a little country place outside the city. Yeah. Oh. She's retired? Yeah, I'm working on her. I'm working on her. <laughs> did, she, did your mother ever, was she ever an expat? Did she ever live abroad for a number of years? No, she never did. My mom grew up very small town girl in eastern Washington. Probably didn't leave the country until she was in her 30s. So how did this happen to you? Did she must have engendered in you some sort of exploration of the world or that things were possible? Or I know exactly what it was. We, when I was 11 years old, had a French exchange student for the summer. And the year after that, we had another one from a different family. And the year after that, I went and I stayed with that second family. And this was all France and French girls, but it definitely gave me a passion for Europe in general. The summer that I went by myself, I was 16, and I stayed with this French family in Paris, and then we went to Corsica. That was really when my eyes were opened to just what there was out there in the world and that I really liked that European lifestyle and everything about it was just so utterly romantic to me. So your mother would have gone abroad before you but it was late. It wasn't that you were the first one to go abroad. No she definitely went abroad before me. I can't remember. I want to say it was after I was born though but she went with a girlfriend so actually I think she might have been in her 40s. Why did she accept a French exchange student? My mom has always been, since she was an adult, she has always been a bit passionate about French culture, French language, French food. I think she thought it would just be a fun thing to do. It would be not only a cool thing for the French girl, but also something really cool for us. It really, I think, changed my life, actually. She actually became really good friends with the parents of this uh, second French girl, the, girl the, the, the people that I stayed with. When uh, my mom was here with her husband, in August, to be uh, here for the birth of the baby, they had taken an apartment, and they invited this French couple to come and stay with them, and they did, and they spent four or five days here in Rome, and I saw them. I hadn't seen them in years. Wow. It was really cool. Did they speak English, or did your mother speak French? My mom's French is very rusty. She did study it years ago, but she never mastered it. My French is also very rusty, but I pulled it out. I was so proud of myself. I lived in Montreal for two and a half years and went to a French-speaking university, but I never really mastered French like the way that I, I feel in Italian. But I really uh, tried my best, and I mean, I sounded like an idiot, I'm sure. <laughs> but I put myself out there, and I was surprised at how well, not, I'm not going to say how well I was able to speak, but how I managed to speak, period. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I feel like if... I were to go live in France, even for a month or so, I think I could get it back. Uh-huh. You and Derek's ability with languages is just mind-blowing to me. Derek, referring to my husband, he can pull the Italian back out after not using it for a year, and I think I told you that my old landlord really can't speak English, but she can speak French and Italian, and Derek and her will switch back and forth based on what they can say it better in. Uh-huh. It blows my mind. (laughs) Like, I'm just so bad at it. Well, you're good at other things. Derek says I need to stop saying I'm bad at it. And maybe if I put in some effort, I'd be good at it. But yeah, that's true. I will. I told you that all year when you were here. I mean, I know Aurelio just did a big sigh. I don't know if that was audible, but yeah, I know. Stop (laughs) telling myself these stories, right, Aurelio? (laughs) He's not uh, quite ready to be a radio personality. Is he going to be a personality on this show five years from now? 
if the show's still going, why not? <laughs> why not? We'll get him speaking in, in multiple languages. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there was a woman yesterday. I was walking back from the train. We went to Assisi overnight uh, just to get out of Rome for a little while. I mean, I must start be starting to look more Italian because people are coming up and asking me for things a lot more. Of course, I still can't answer them very well. But a woman walked up to me and asked me, where is the train station in Italian? And it was literally two blocks away, straight ahead. And you could actually see part of the roof. I'm thinking, okay, I can think of how to say here. I can think of how to say there. So I'm like, it's there. It's there. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she's like, turn right? And I'm like, no, there. You know, and Derek has, by the way, walked on. He hasn't noticed that I'm stopping. And I'm trying to point to her. And I finally just turn and yell to Derek up the street. I said, how do I say straight ahead? <laughs> and he came back, blah, 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 blah with her. And I'm like, see, that's what I'm, I'm missing, like, no, just proceed straight, two blocks, you know. I'm missing the, all the linking things, too. Did you ever open your Italian workbook? When I was home? No. No, when you were in Italy. Oh, yeah. I opened it from time to time. Did you study it or did you just, like, <laughs> flip through it? <laughs> I did. It depended. I mean, we've talked about that, that your conviction sort of comes and goes. I knew I wasn't going to be here for more than a year. And so when I first got here, I was really committed then you're like, oh, I'm never going to get it. And then you're like committed again. And then you're like, well, now it's getting close to the end. What's the point? <laughs> I know. But I know. My comprehension's much better than it good. was. Well, that's good. That's a step. How would you say straight ahead? What should I have said? Tutto dritto. That's close to what he said. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool, though, about uh, your, your French. I didn't know that it was a French exchange student that opened the world to you. That's pretty cool. Do you think it requires, does everybody require a person to unlock that door if you're a united states citizen i feel like in europe maybe there's a culture of traveling around a little bit more because things are closer together but in the u.s there's so many people who have never left i don't know if you need a person or you need an experience and a lot of people they do a semester abroad when they're in college not because they have a great desire to but because that's what you do then they go and then their eyes are opened. You know, I have a lot of friends. That's why they're here. Why did you decide to move to Rome? Well, I did my semester abroad here and I fell in love with it and I had to come back. And then they're 10 years later, they're still there. Mm -hmm. Which reminds me of another topic I actually wanted to talk to you about on a future podcast, which is something off of what inspires you to go abroad or try a new experience. It's something I tried to get out in the movie episode with my film critic, Robert Horton. What movie or book or thing caused you to like, develop a new interest foisted you into action like moving overseas and in that episode i mentioned to him that i thought that it was a room with a view that had something to do with you coming here oh absolutely yes i mean that was a huge part of it as well i think however just seeing that movie wouldn't have been enough if i hadn't actually been taken by my mom at 14 and then again when i went alone at 16 but yes that film if you haven't seen a room with a view <laughs> got to see that movie. <laughs> let's 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 save it for another topic cuz I want to explore it lo longer, but yes, you should see that movie. I haven't seen it since I don't know, probably with you in high school. When I forced you to watch it. <laughs> yeah, it was right. like, oh, this sucks probably the whole time. Here this is boring, yeah. <laughs> okay, so is there anything else about missing out that you want to mention before we end this episode? It is hard to miss every milestone, every reunion, every Christmas. Christmases are hard for me. I loved Christmases with my family. 
on my dad's side, really, really big family with all my half sisters and my stepbrothers and tons of nieces and nephews and now grand nieces and nephews. And I really love that jovial, all together atmosphere. I don't mind Christmas is here. They're great too, but I miss that so much. And every year at Christmas, I say, next year I'm going home. And then I never do it because there's always something that's stopping me. In fact, this year I'm not going either, but we're planning to go in the spring and I am going to make it happen. I would say that I feel like I'm going to miss out on so much of Aurelio's life too. Like part of the reason I wanted to come now was because I wanted to see him as a baby. And I thought that if we didn't come now, it would be possible that he would be like a four-year-old or something like that by the time I saw him. And who knows, maybe he'll be a 10-year-old by the next time I see him in person. I have no idea. Are you saying that we're not going to see each other for 10 years? No, we're going to see each other, but I'm not going to be like in the room with him staring at me like he is currently. Um, staring right up at you. I have very dark eyebrows, which babies seem to like. But I mean, I, f I felt like you never know what's going to happen. Life can get away from you. Or you know, Derek has dreams of using his vacation to go other places <laughs> than Rome. <laughs> I don't know why. You never know what's around the corner. And so I felt like we have the time now. We can come because I didn't know if would he be a little boy if I didn't come right now? I totally get it. And I get it, especially because I have so many nieces and nephews and obviously kids of friends as well and who have just grown up and I've missed it all. I have a really, really good friend. She lives in London and that's not that far from here. She came to my wedding, but she didn't bring her kids. I have not seen, she's got three children. I have not met a single one of them. That makes me feel so bad because she's a close friend and I'm just missing her the babyhood of all three of her kids. Mm -hmm. It can happen to anybody. I mean, my best friend that I grew up with, I've known her longer than you. Wow. Since age three was when I met her and we were best friends all growing up and I saw one of her babies, the first one, be born, or not be born, but like, <laughs> that would've been something. No, but as a baby. And she has three kids now, most of whom are like heading into their sort of teenage, preteen years. And I did not see the younger two until they were already mid-elementary school. So it does happen even when you're within striking distance, just like your London friend. But that's life. I know. That's the life of a, of a traveler or an expat. It's a global world. That's what it is. Yep. On that wonderful note. <laughs> this is uh, The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Together again. Bye. Talk to you next week. We welcome your questions and your feedback. Reach the show by emailing bittersweetlife at mail.com. That's bittersweetlife at mail.com.